How are you, Brandon? I'm okay. I'm sleepy. I just got in from Florida. Nice. I'm in Los Angeles right now. Cool. We could have been in both Hollywoods at the same time. <laughs> there is a portal between them, like the two Portlands. Yeah. I can never remember which of the Portlands is the the one that moved away to be more racist from the other. <laughs> or if it was the opposite, like they moved away to be slightly less racist. To be less racist. I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> there was a move and racism was involved. A hundred percent. That's the story of Portland. believe that this chamber is that ignorant? This is episode 258 of Insert Credit, a multi-topic video game podcast kept at a manageable pace by a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Chaffee, and the worst game that I loved as a kid anyway was probably Math Blaster. Hmm. Math Blaster. My name is Frank Sifaldi, and the worst game that I loved as a kid anyway, it's I don't know that I've like grown to dislike a game that I like. You know what I mean? So, so I, I would I would consider them still good, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna give the generic answer of uh, the entire Atari 2600 library I was born with. Uh, uh, take that, Defender! Oh wow! Shoot! Yeah, right. Defender! Yeah, Defender on the Atari. It's right. Terrible! Literally, shots fired. Played it since then, probably, but I remember. Oh, I'm I'm Tim Rogers and the. Uh, video game that I, the worst video game that I liked anyway as a child is uh, this is this is difficult because I I didn't have tolerance for games that weren't uh, I I just the first couple of video games I ever played I I had complaints about I went over this in in a video I made at one point where I talk about the Empire Strikes Back game on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred and how I just like hated it. Uh, Oh, you know, I have that one, too, so let's just share that answer. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) 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 I support this. I also didn't like it. Okay, so if you want to say liked it, uh, I, I eagerly placed it into the console, excited to experience the thrills of a game with that kind of box art. Um, and uh, that was that was as deep as my enjoyment it. of it went. And then I just remember being like, this sucks. It's like a trashy Defender clone. I'm Brandon Sheffield, and this is a tough one for me. The worst game that I liked anyway, because uh, as we know, I had a Jaguar, and I, I played so a bunch of those like? games. Those games are all pretty bad. Like, there's not really a bunch of good ones. I, I think that I liked a lot of bad games as a youth. Uh, I could say, like, I don't know, Ultra Vortec. Did I really like it? I don't know, but I played it. Trevor McFur in Crescent Galaxy. I tried to beat that. Um, I tried what to like Cybermorph? it. Cybermorph. Cybermorph. <laughs> you know, I couldn't I couldn't even pretend to like Cybermorph, uh, unfortunately. You should have tried uh, dropping some acid, am I right? You know, <laughs> I, it's, I uh... should have. I should have. <laughs> Oh, that was too loud. I'm sorry. I, I don't That's know okay. why the volume got turned up on all of those effects. So. I'll tone it down. <laughs> Wait, okay. I think I think probably the worst one uh, that I liked was Hover Hover Something game for the for the Jaguar CD, and it it was really bad. But I liked the vibe because it had this weird music and stuff, um, and it had a draw distance of like five feet. 
Um, it was it was really bad, but I put, oh, what's it called? Hub or something? God dang! Sounds like a real memorable video game. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it was really memorable. I'm I'm gonna not say Highlander because Highlander is actually good despite being bad, so it doesn't count. The end. Are actually good despite being bad. Is that a twist on the so bad it's good? Uh, that's a an acceptable modern uh, twist on the so bad it's good. It's just good despite being bad. I'll tell you what another good answer is, is any of those. I, I said as a child, I possessed a sharpened, razor-sharp critical faculties, um, which is sort of sort of not untrue, though I was a little bit duped on occasion by the, the brawlers, the arcade character brawlers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, where I was like, oh, these games is the best. Ninja Turtles is the best. And then you go back to, like, Turtles in Time, and it's like, oh, that game just, there's really not anything there. It's just the music, baby. That's it. It's just a oh, game yeah. with music. Yeah, Big Apple, 3 a.m., Sewer mm-hmm. Surfing, Bury My Shell at Wounded Knee, a Prehistoric yeah. Turtlesaurus, a Technodrome, Let's Kick Shell. Mm-hmm. Prehistoric Turtlesaurus. It was, by the way, Hover Strike. A good friend of mine very proudly purchased for himself recently a replica of the Simpsons arcade cabinet. Oh, yeah. And, like, I, I don't know what to tell you. You, you yeah. enjoyed that game when you were a kid uh, because the yeah. Simpsons were in it. <laughs> I think it's okay. Got a friend, a friend of mine when I was in my my youth. Uh, you know my friends, Brandon. This would be Billy. Yeah. In his tiny apartment, just uh, had an opportunity and, and grabbed himself an X Men cabinet, and we sure did play it once. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just there. Just a big old huge thing. That's what arcade machines are for. Yeah. It was not the six player one, but doesn't matter. It's still big. I was just having a conversation with a uh, Vincent Diamante um, about the t- a time that he was staying. At my old place, which had an upstairs and a downstairs, and downstairs was where the arcade machine was. And uh, Vince wakes up early, and so, uh, you know, I'm sleeping in my bed, and then uh, I hear just this giant explosion sound and crush the old order and create a new society. And he's playing uh, <laughs> Elevator Action Returns because my arcade machine didn't have volume control or it still doesn't. Oh, that's hot. And so it was just playing at full blast and like coming straight through the floor and we just hear as he's shooting around in Elevator actions. It, it, it was very, uh, very endearing in a way. It's a good game. Got to remember that for a future episode yep. intro. I, for my first question, I'd like to ask Frank what he's been up to. Have you been into any interesting expositions or found any long-lost, unreleased NES games lately? (laughs) So you're asking me about the $12,000 video game I just bought? Yeah. (laughs) What would it be like if they made, I don't know, just off the top of my head, a game about Napoleon for I don't have that one. Um, (laughs) Lord. Okay. My job that I've assigned myself for the last, uh, I don't know, 22 years has been... The person who finds and saves and puts on the internet um, unreleased games for the NES. That's just just my job on on this planet. And um, they don't come up too often anymore. You know, typically when they do, it's like someone who worked on the game has like a demonstration cartridge with with like rewritable ROMs on it or or like the programmer kept it or like a magazine reviewer got sent it and it was canceled before print time. So for the first time in my life, uh, two different unreleased NES games from two different people were on sale at the exact same time. And to put it in perspective, I've you know I've done like I don't know forty of these over the last twenty years, so they're not, they don't come up too often. And we at the foundation just we we don't have the money to just buy these anymore. I mean we kind of do, but we shouldn't. Also, I've spent a lot of money this year on other unreleased games. Um, Tim, the one we were talking about, I got it by the way. I should talk to you. Oh, about you that. did. 
Yeah, wanna, dude. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta hear that Jesper, Lost Jesper Kid soundtrack. Some Lost Batman going on. Yeah, I want to smoke wow. that. Yeah, dude. So there were two games. One of them is a very early tech demo for the Power Glove called Scanner, um, made yeah. by Rare and never developed into a full product. But it's sort of a vision of like what another Power Glove game would be. It's designed by um, Novak. He just goes by Novak, uh, which is pretty sweet. Um, he was a designer at Mattel. He's the one who designed Super Glove Ball, which did come out, and he designed this one as well. And uh, the other game was Battlefields of Napoleon, which was was a Broderbund uh, published title in the U.S. It was a localization of uh, Napoleon Sankey on the Famicom mm-hmm. by um, Lennar, right? The the Deadly Towers people. And and not only was it a working board for the game, but it also came with a bunch of paperwork and film. And that paperwork and film was the actual material that one would mail to NCL in Japan to to print the box, the manual, and the label. So it was the, the actual layouts. It just never got sent because they canceled the game. Um, so both of these were up. We didn't have the money. Tried sort of going to my private funding list and made, made it to, I don't know, like a thousand. And I was thinking, you know, maybe north of 10,000 on both of these. So kind of went with the nuclear option and, and tweeted about it. And got a ton of sort of like pre-pledges in my inbox people wanting to save this stuff got got the number up really high actually and how high like a million no (laughs) i don't don't know if i want to say how much i'm capable don't say the number i'm not gonna say it don't give away your power level just say a million just say a million it's a million dollars um (laughs) that's good uh how to sum this up um very complicated but um we got we got scanner the power glove game uh, I actually have it open in an emulator right now. It was digitized this morning. All right. Does it suck? Uh, well, <laughs> Who cares? That's not the point. As a game? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just not a game. I yet. just I just want to point out that uh, I actually take a little bit of offense uh, at it being pointed out to me that it's not the point if it sucks or not. <laughs> of course I know that. Uh, I'm just asking if it sucks because it's a power glove game. <laughs> Ooh, baby. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. It's got a, a bunch of uh, Kev Bayless art. It's got, you know, that it's got that squishy brain matter, like Battletoads, like tile set in it that he oh, made. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then um, music, I think, by David Wise. Can't quite tell. DW. You know, Lost Works by people we care about. Napoleon, I did not get. So, okay. Previous record for an unreleased NES game sale. A little bit complicated, but we'll we'll just put the number at, at uh, 15K. Mm-hmm. And that was SimCity. That was like the grail, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. get any any more graily than that. First party Nintendo. Doesn't get any better than that. It does yeah. not oh, get yeah. any better than that. That's true. That was the highest ever. Um, Scanner ended just below 12, um, and we got it. And then um, Napoleon ended at almost $29,000, and the guy paid. Shoot. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so looking at the bid history, it was basically just... Uh, me and then um i know who the second bidder is but i shouldn't say but uh the the person who won oh is it your old uh your old friend billy who now is famous and goes by the name (laughs) bitcoin billy is that who it is (laughs) bitcoin billy he traded 
You know, you know that like you start with a dollar and you trade yourself, <laughs> trade your way up to a house. He did that with uh, with uh, X Men ca- cabinet. X Men cabinet. Now he's got yeah. you know, he's a Bitcoin billionaire. <laughs> I just want to ask a quick side question. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned this rare uh, Power Glove game. Uh, yeah. Is that the rarest rare game, or if not, what is the rarest <laughs> rare game? Good. Qu- uh, I think that's an honest question. Yeah, that's a good question. I like it. Well, it is uh, a one of one rare game that's true um mm-hmm. what else is a one of one rare game there's an arcade soccer game that i dumped that no one knows how to emulate because no one has the board um, so mm. it's just some data let's just yeah you know what it can't get yeah. rarer than that right so it's the rarest the rarest of wait, wait, rare wait, wait, games. Wait. I, I i have one that okay let me describe one you tell me if you consider it rarer okay all right let's hear it i have a pcb for another nes game and mm-hmm. it has a sticker on it that identifies it as a rare game uh, called Valley of the Kings, mm-hmm. but decades ago the actual ROMs were removed, so it is an unpopulated board. So it's kind of like half of a game. That's interesting. Is that rarer than uh, the one complete game? So, so I'm going to say the I one complete only, game. One half of it exists, as opposed to I would one. say Scanner is is the rarest, and I would say this uh, Valley of the Kings. Uh, that sounds like a bloody game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uncooked. Yeah, that's uncooked. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the scanner is <laughs> as rare, rare as it can get. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. as rare as it can get and still be edible. Yes, right. that's in the both new, uh, senses of rare. Yeah, there we go. And then to answer your question for real, yes, I just went to a conference while all of this was happening and uh, <laughs> could talk about that, but I'm out of time. Uh, well, I want to talk about Brandon's thing. With his permission, I'd like for us to take a moment to eulogize the Google Stadia, which is... Uh, going offline pretty soon google jazz yeah r.i.p yeah. stadia um yeah so we were um we were gonna launch our game on november 1st on stadia but then stadia went away went away to you it's, it's sad and it kind of like i know most people are thinking it's a hilarious thing but uh, i really wanted the stadia business model to kind of change mm-hmm. the the subscription model that we use in the industry which is basically by and large most folks most platforms pay you a lump sum and then that's all you get. And then your game is free on there for whatever the duration is. Um, Whereas Stadia gave you a percentage of the actual money that people paid in. And uh, I've talked about that on the show before, but it was, that was nice. And I was hoping that that was going to take off, but obviously it's not going to. And uh, so now that's gone. But one, one good thing that came out of it is that Frank was able to sell his old exhibit yeah. from GDC, which we won my exhibit. Hang on. <laughs> well, I mean, you curated it, sort of. I, I sort of curated it and just provided stuff for it. That's that's. But also, uh, if, it's, if it wasn't yours, um, how did you have it and how did you sell it? <laughs> Riddled me that. Well, it was my material, not my exhibit. Right. Yeah, okay. I didn't have the exhibit. I had yeah, the stuff that enough. was in the exhibit. Frank, like some kind of evil genie, specifically filled their requests for material that people would want to take pictures by, yeah. uh, taking mm-hmm. them to the absolute letter of their law. I followed the instructions given to me by Google yeah. that required me to uh, embarrass them. It was pretty good. It's not on purpose, I promise. So you had the Atari 2600, the Power Glove, and the Dreamcast, right? And right next to them was the Stadia. Well, there was more than that. This is really quick. So so, so people might have seen this go around on the internet during that GDC, which was that um, they hadn't quite announced the Stadia yet. There was a display outside with sort of a mystery question mark, and, and there were like pedestals with things in them leading up to that question mark. And the picture that was taken 
uh, first day of DDC showed uh, a Dreamcast, a Power Glove, E.T. for the Atari 2600, and then Google's Mystery next to it. So it was like three of the most famous commercial failures <laughs> in video game history. And then next to it is whatever Google's doing. And two things that I'll add to that to, to, to give it context. They, didn't, they weren't trying to make a museum of failure. Uh, they were trying to do sort of a timeline of video game history leading up to the stadia. There's actually four other items off camera um, that are not as funny. In photography, we just we just call that good photography, basically. That's good photography. It's, it's good right. photography is exclude the parts <laughs> of the photo that are that would make the photo not funny. Exactly. Not less funny. Less funny is sometimes tolerable. Not funny. Can't do it. <laughs> Get that sucker out of there. <laughs> the, the very short version is that they wanted to do this timeline leading up to the stadia. I propose, okay, well, let's start with Pong, get to the stadia, and just have like six of the most famous consoles of all time. And then we end in the bright, big, beautiful world of, of cloud streaming or whatever. And uh, uh, they sort of wanted that, but then they're like, no, can we do weird stuff instead? Like the power glove. They actually specifically requested the power glove. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> and so, and they're like, we want things people will take photos of. Can can you get a Nintendo PlayStation? That was my favorite request. Um, <laughs> and uh, we said, yeah, uh, can you insure it for $3 million? And they didn't reply to that. Because um, I get it. You just got to insure it. Um and so basically by the end, you know, they, they had several co departments that were not communicating with each other. They were ignoring my recommendations. They tried to mishmash two completely different concepts together into one that made no sense. Um, and then the final sin in this comedy of errors is that when they laid everything out, they did not do it in order chronological order as designed they did it randomly and and their 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 randomness put the three failures next to stadia they deserve to fail then so yeah i'm sorry Brandon, so it was but... a famous photo and when gdc was over and i got my stuff back i put it in a tub i had the the thought that night i'm gonna keep this in a tub and the day the stadia dies i'm putting these on ebay because this is hilarious and uh how much it was did you well make executed plan a million uh, it was a million dollars. I actually don't remember. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up right now while while Brandon talks about Stadia. Frank is Uncle Scroogeing over there. It's like they say, uh, a story is a lie that tells the truth. Two thousand and fifty dollars. How many thousand? Ain't bad. Two thousand and two thousand and fifty. That's not too bad. Buy yourself an Nvidia RTX forty ninety at retail price. <laughs> yeah. For that. So with with the death of Stadia, that means Gunsport is uh, the original Gunsport is theoretically dead. Because it was released only on Stadia, and we're, but we're putting out Hyper Guns for it pretty soon, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to put the original Gunsport as like a Steam branch, so that if you want to switch the branch, you can you can switch to the worst version of the game, just so that it exists. We, we it exists and we preserve it somewhere. Maybe we'll put it. Somewhere. Okay, that's good. Because otherwise, like the Hardcore Gaming 101 article about the franchise will start with like weirdly compressed screenshots of the lost original but yeah if they can get it they'll, they'll appreciate that yeah that that sounds kind of more romantic to me and in a way i would prefer it but, <laughs> they're, uh... they're like 256 color compressed <laughs> <laughs> by special request these screenshots have been compressed to unrecognizability yes here's our next question i think i've asked this on the show before but not with everybody here present and anyway we already have an established precedent of a previously on question so i'm getting back to that previously on intercredit which video game franchise took the greatest number of releases to start getting interesting interesting <laughs> 
Yes. Okay, Whoa. so the the franchise that took the least amount of games to start getting interesting. So the it most. starts interesting. Oh, the most. No, the Sorry. most. Okay, because mm-hmm. otherwise it's like, I don't know, Super Mario? Okay. Well, ob- objectively, uh, according to just the way uh, I think, uh, you know, I think the Yakuza series took a long number of this is a different question sure. but it's an, another interesting question it took a, a very long number of entries to get popular yeah to get recognized as interesting you have to get recognized so that's that's a fun little side notion to keep in mind i think mm-hmm. for this uh you know if that helps anybody i don't know <laughs> if, if that helps anybody with the with this question uh, you're welcome thank you it's got to be a sports franchise where this happened where like it was oh, certainly it was just regular for a long time, but then it got interesting. But I think a lot of the ways that they tried to make things interesting, like those new FIFAs and whatnot, with all well, the like walking around modes and things, like those actually aren't as interesting as. Well, there's the more the more famous example of uh, NBA 2K12, where they added Michael Jordan, um, and it ended up getting uh, a lot a lot of more press. At around that time, and they've been making those for literally twelve years. At that point, yeah, right. Like, 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 like historical players is now yes. an expected yeah. feature of this franchise, right? Feels like there's another yeah. angle on this where there are games that get discovered as interesting or posited as interesting way later, and then people rediscover the whole franchise as a result. But I guess maybe that's maybe that's too far afield, and I guess it's closer to the Yakuza answer. I mean, I can think of a franchise where the second one was the first interesting one, which is Red Dead. Yeah. Mm. So there's at least one we can keep in the back pocket. Nobody talks about Red Dead Revolver. People right. really like that. That's the... true. Yeah. There's a franchise where all three installments are um, increasingly, they're just, they're just very different the flavor-wise, even though they're the same series. The, the Red Dead Redemption 2 is such a huge, dense, different sort of thing from Red Dead Redemption 1. Street Fighter, if you count Final Fight as one of them, took three mm. uh, to get to Street Fighter 2. I don't think you can count it. Okay. Because they, they intentionally changed the title. Like yeah, they changed yeah. The franchise. No, it's, it's true. But, it's, but it's, it's a good, you know, it's, it's another Red Dead answer. I agree. Mm-hmm. They were willing to uh, kind of strike out with a, with a new title. Uh, they were willing to abandon the concept of name recognition. So that means it's a different... Uh, I, I can't think of them right now, but there's definitely like PC ninety eight series that just kept existing because people like someone would buy it on the PC and and when you were selling it for like ninety eight thousand yen, even if it sold just enough, it was okay to keep going. And then I think some of those games got more interesting later, but I, I'm I'm blanking on which those would be um i mean i was gonna try to make some sort of joke about the east eight the lacrimosa of dana being the first (laughs) east game that i saw more than like three people talk about (laughs) uh Uh, and it's it's i've seen thousands and thousands of people talking about it right yeah and uh i guess that game kind of sold more than a lot of copies however that's not a uh it's not like a i mean the very first east game is still quite yeah. interesting interesting in the year yeah. 2022 and it was back then but that was a large time gap i guess mm-hmm. between east one and two and east eight getting released specifically on the nintendo switch is when people started uh, pretending to have always loved the east franchise yeah uh, when was the first or has there ever been an interesting kirby game uh, yeah I mean, I think the Kirby, uh, the Kirby's for the NES, and the Kirby's Dreamland three for the uh, the Kirby Dreamland four uh, SNES. I think those are interesting games. Kirby Superstars interesting. 
I think they I think they've just Kirby's uh, dream course. That's interesting, but I mean that's not like a a constant uh, series. That's not a continuous series. Well, even even uh, the first Kirby is just interesting on its own. You know? Yeah, like, yeah I guess. Yeah. What about Donkey Kong? The first game's good. Yeah, but is it interesting? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, right. It had a Absolutely. it had a story. It had like a narrative. I'm to just trying to think like if any rare games, uh, any rare series ever got interesting, and that's what led me to Donkey Kong. But um, any any oh you mean Donkey Kong starting with country? Well, yeah, I'm saying Donkey Kong Country is when Donkey Kong. No, you said Donkey Kong. Oh, I did. So, but that's the franchise. Oh, so you were you were trying to say that Donkey Kong Country was the first interesting Donkey Kong game? Yes. Oh yeah, oh, I mean I no. think I think Donkey Kong One was interesting. Even right. to a, a chibis child like myself at that time. I thought it was okay. I would still say it's interesting. Like, humans didn't jump before that. We we started jumping to try to emulate jump. Yeah, I suppose that's yeah true. we all wanted to be jump, man. <laughs> we called the action jumping after jump man. That's yeah, right. named after him. It's <laughs> so true. weird. Like, we knew about walking, but we didn't think about, like, you know, springing. Used to get beat up. I really that. want to come back to this. We're we're out of time, but I I think we should revisit this on a future episode. And right. there's got to be like a racing game We haven't cracked it yet. Where this is true. Yeah, maybe as well. someone in maybe someone in the forums will get it. So some, somewhere my brain started going real quick just to the, maybe plant a seed for next time is uh, yeah. maybe something that started in the arcade but the home version was the real one so mm-hmm. like oh. um, bionic commando or something but that's maybe. also just one game so there might yeah. be something like so that. far our winner is red dead yeah <laughs> under what conditions can a game released in our current era justify running at 30 fps mm. oh wait here's one the, uh, the, like this literally just came up um pilot wings is was just released on the Switch through the Nintendo has Switch. Has an uncapped frame rate, yeah. Thing. Has an uncapped frame rate, but the uh, the the wing flaps are tied to the 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 frame rate. Like the the mm-hmm. the button press, everything's tied to the frame. The physics is tied to the frame rate, and so you have to hit hit the button like twice as fast to go quickly and uh, because it was locked at thirty on the N sixty four. So there's a just in the wingsuit, yeah, yeah, in the wingsuit. Which is your reward for beating the whole game, right? Yeah. How can Nintendo be so such good stewards of their history and also be terrible at it? It's, it's an history. Really fascinating. Quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Quite. A, and Nintendo has an interesting relationship with Nintendo. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it really does. So as for the 30 FPS, I know this has been a thing because this like Batman Arkham Knights game that apparently uh, uh, every single person in the world who was excited about it to... Uh, uh, emerged from the woodwork like literally yesterday i think when this uh it was announced that it was uh the the, the next gen console versions were 30 fps uh and that there would be no no uh 60 fps option so what what's what i've noticed is this this modern era i mean uh, the, the modern consoles tend to have two modes they've given a little bit of the, of the pc gamers freedom to the console gamers these days whereas uh, as a pc gamer whipping open the graphics setting menu and tinkering with sliders for 15 20 minutes uh, of uh, you know every out of every 30 minutes of game that you play has become sort of a metagame in in itself uh, these days the console games give a little tiny little tiny bit of that to the console players by by having the, giving you the choice between performance and fidelity so frames, frame rate, or resolution, sacrifice one for the other. A lot of games now, Ratchet & Clank, for example, has a 40 FPS mode that balances performance and and uh, resolution. 40 FPS is, is becoming a sort of a standard now. Uh, 
a middle ground between 30 and it's, 60. It's like films 24 frames or something like that in a way. The film is 23.97 right. in this film. Uh, a lot of video games are, are uh, 59.94, right? Um, and uh, some video games are 60. And uh, this is a very important knowledge to know those exact uh, decimals because uh, – uh, if you are want to make videos about video games for a living, and you don't you want know uh, you don't want loose frames popping in uh, every uh, every 116 seconds or so, um, so uh, I, I, okay, so people were real mad that this this Arkham game, this Arkham or whatever it is, this new Batman story game has no performance mode on the consoles, and it's for PC, and it's 60 FPS on the PC version. People were upset at that, right? Is that is that where this question is coming from, Jeffy? I can't say. I just gave the question. I mean, you know, I mean, I guess I figure that's where it's coming from. Uh, so, uh, very famously in the previous generation, Insomniac, uh, we we like Insomniac around here, don't we, folks? I know we all love Spider Man. That's a joke. I know Brandon doesn't like it. Let's continue. I like it. Um, there's I like a. It. I'm, I'm playing that Miles Morales on the PC, baby. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna play that as well. Even though I already played it on the PS5, I wanna. I got my 4090 uh, coming any day now. Um, you know, somebody, please, if you're listening, please help me get a 4090. Uh, if you see an Asus ROG Strix 4090, just buy it. I will buy it from you. They're rare enough. Uh, just buy it. Uh, I, I, three people this week so far have messaged me on Twitter or Discord and say, Hey, uh, my local stores got a 4090. Uh, do you still need one? And I reply, yes. And they go, Oh God, sorry. It's gone now. And I'm like, ah, oh, just buy it. Please, for the love of God, I, I need to play Miles Morales again for at least 40 minutes uh, in 120 FPS. Uh, anyway, uh, what was I talking about? The frame well, I have rates. an answer to the question. Yeah, let's hear it. I think that for like stop motion type games, games that okay. have a, a stilted animation style, you can okay. lock them at 30. I also think that there's a justification for certain types of rhythm games being at 30 as well. Hmm. Yeah, okay. The question was, when when is 30 frames per second acceptable, or, or when can you justify doing it? And so, If uh, it's a non-AAA video game with uh, highly stylized uh, graphics, uh, is, 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 a good, is, is a decent catch-all answer for that. Yeah, yeah. but I would still, it, unless it has reason to be, like, you know, Demon School is going to be 60 frames per second, or it is right now, and... And it's, you know, it's, it's stylized and it looks like a kind of like a upgraded Saturn game or whatever. And, and we have, you know, each character has eight frames of animation or something like that, but it still needs to run at 60. We feel it just, mm -hmm. it, I don't, I don't feel like we can get away with it with 30. Well, the, I mean, anyone trying to, I mean, this, the, the fact that this debate keeps coming back in the Twitters and the YouTubes reminds me that most of the people out there on the social media are children either philosophically, literally, intellectually, uh, or robotically, or they're children, they're robots, they're children, they're children raised by robots. The fact that this whole human eye can't even see over 30 FPS or whatever nonsense people try to still keep pushing here in the year 2022, the 2022 where there's still, there's, it's 2022 and I, I saw like eight news stories today about drug dealers putting drugs in Halloween candy. <laughs> uh, and yeah. It's just like, like we're still dealing with this stuff. The the drugs in Halloween candy and thirty FPS is good enough. Are are two of those weird stories that keep getting kicked around? Um, it, it, in a, like people will be like a movie is twenty four frames per second. Yeah, well, sometimes I'm watching a movie and I think they could have used some more frames for that tilt or that pan there. Yeah. You know, everyone's like let the 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 the, the, the jittering effect is not pleasant. 
that's why Yasujiro Ozu never moved the camera, moved the camera twice in his entire career, etc., uh, etc. Et in the movie theater, I can't whip the uh, camera around uh, on the movie with the right analog stick. Like, usually don't even bring a video game controller into a movie theater. I don't know. Um, usually. Uh, so if you can whip the camera around with an analog stick or a mouse... You got it's got to be 60 FPS. If you can, if you have to scroll down big lists in menus, you should make that 60 FPS. If you're doing one of those uh, ugly, fashionable modern menus where the cursor moves like a mouse cursor, that's got to be 60 FPS. If your game doesn't have any of those qualities, uh, and and you uh, want to launch at a premium price, uh, you can you can probably handle 30 FPS. Otherwise, man, I'm gonna get a real bad headache and eyeball ache. Uh, from your game 30 is definitely good enough for me in a lot of contexts but um, well sure i can play a 30 fps game uh but like i can play zelda breath of the wild in 30 fps would i like it to be 60 sure i can enjoy something while also knowing that it could be a lot better also the thing i was getting at with insomniac is they ran a poll during the playstation 4 era asking their their players uh which do you like more frame rate or resolution and the players resoundingly voted for resolution um and that's why they made a ratchet and clank reboot on the ps4 that was 30 fps or you all remember this probably ah. that, that's why you don't ask people for their literal opinion you you interpret what they say you don't you don't do what they say they made a faster horse so also for uh, for example famously hidetaka miyazaki of the souls series said 30 fps is better because it's cinematic ubisoft's people said 30 fps is better because it's cinematic um uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which was a launch game on the PlayStation 5, uh, was 60 FPS. The first Assassin's Creed game, that was 60 FPS on console. Demon's Souls had a 60 FPS mode, which is a million, which is on PS5, which is a million times preferable to the 30 FPS mode. Souls games generally launch at 60 FPS now. Elden Ring was 60 FPS. And then Insomniac is also including 60 FPS modes in their games. The fact that out, like I have this example off the top of my head of three outspoken uh, individuals or entities or corporations who all said 30 FPS is good actually because it's cinematic we have the proof uh the fact that three all three of those individuals are now offering 60 fps modes i think that kind of makes it look like 60 fps is finally finally fashionable to people the average consumer tends to know what 60 fps is now at least more than they did uh back when every game was 60 fps so yeah i'm not sure if this if i've shared this anecdote on here but i was Sometimes I watch like comparison videos between games on on older platforms, and mm-hmm. someone was doing a video for Mass Destruction, PlayStation versus Saturn, and they were like, even though the Saturn version doesn't have the transparencies and stuff, it just plays better, it feels better, and I can't put my finger on why. And uh, Mass Destruction is thirty on PlayStation One and sixty on Saturn. So like, yeah, exactly. But they had no idea. They couldn't figure out why it seemed. They just so couldn't. Unfair. They couldn't get there. They couldn't yeah. get there. And I, I mean, I, I've told. Uh, I would really like to see John Lennon and a Digital Foundry do this. But I, I've, I suggested this idea to him a couple of years ago, and he still hasn't done it. Which is d- settle the debate. Was Madden better on SNES or Genesis? Oh yeah. You know? And the answer is, I, I do believe the Genesis one is better. I do believe the Genesis one has a more consistent frame rate and less. Uh, slow down so that's nice. uh that would be a fun deep dive for somebody men to do. do a cd football of course being the champion of all of them oh is it actually no it is not <laughs> i've got i've got that one on my mister over here 
It is not, but it does have some interesting stuff about it because it's got FMV, and uh, and I interviewed the guy who wrote the codec, and then I haven't posted it anywhere. Someday I will. Uh, how about this? How about we take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. A QB, a quarterback. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> wow, that's a good, uh, a, a very astute and clever tie-in to the football talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good work. Good work. Uh, if, we, if we'd been talking about basketball, would you have recommended we take a fast break? <laughs> no, because then I'd have to uh, get uh, one of those chunky peanut butter bars that Reese's makes, and I don't like the consistency of the peanut butter in there. Fast break? Oh, it's just like that weird... Yeah, it's not great. Like lumpy, sort of like dog food peanut butter or it's whatever bad, it is. It's bad, yeah. I don't mind that dog food peanut butter. <laughs> DFBB. It's all crum- crumbly and weird. That's fine. Welcome back to episode 258 of Insert Credit. It's time for our signature segment, The Golden Age of Konami. Every month, I get one chance to guess the three-year period Mm -hmm. that earlier this year, Tim Rogers declared in his mind, after careful study, The Golden Age of Konami. Yeah. I've done this four times in the past. Uh, The first time, I guessed 1995 to 1997. That was wrong. Mm -hmm. Second time, I guessed 1993 to 1995. Also wrong. Then I went earlier to the arcade era in 1989 to 1991. That was incorrect. I took a big swing, number four. I went with 2004 to 2006 for sentimental reasons. Mm-hmm. That was also wrong. Now, I've been thinking about this for a while. I've gotten, I've gotten a long time to think about this one because it's been a while since we did this segment. And I'm caught between two choices, but I've consulted my heart. This is the one I want to go with. All right. Symphony of the Night. 1997, Metal Gear Solid and Suikoden 2 are 1998, and Toki Meki Memorial 2 is 1999, so I'm going with 1997 to 1999. That's uh, that's, that's quite close. <laughs> that's pretty I'm close. close. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty close. Getting there. I mean, I'm not the biggest Symphony of the Night guy, but we can get into that No, later. but that's what was throwing me off earlier, but I was like, what if a Golden Age is the height of their power as opposed to when they produce their best material. Yeah, that's, that's true. So I'm uh I'm I'm I mean I'm I'm willing to say that's that's close enough and I'm also given the fact that uh in my re- ongoing research over here my opinions about varying facets of my own definition have changed. Though that's 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 close enough. Are we going to say he got it? I was thinking 98 to 2000. Ah, it was so close. <laughs> yeah, because because of uh, early PS2 games. Yeah. There's a lot of really weird early PS2 Konami games. But then I started just to, I don't know, there's a lot of weird early, like, first year launch title PS2 Konami games that are unheard of, uh, that are that are just not, never talked about, that, uh, you know, maybe I'll be talking about some of them somewhere at some point uh, sometime soon. Yeah, that's definitely a different definition of Golden Age, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, my my concept of Golden Age is you've got Metal Gear Solid, god darn it. You've got Tokimeki Memorial 2 and just everything that kind of stands between those. Tokimeki Memorial 2 is uh, legitimately one of the, the, maybe one of the three best video games of all time, in case you didn't know that. I mean, clearly, Tokimeki Memorial 2 you were correct in assuming that Tokimeki Memorial 2 defines uh, uh, the, the absolute height of Konami, in my opinion. 
But I mean, your answer's probably mathematically correct, is what I was thinking as well, in terms of just absolutely defining the perfect and full demonstration of Konami's power. Yeah. What, uh, what PS2 games came out in 2000 that were because i i mostly know they did like ddr and beat mania and, and pop and music and stuff during that time yeah there were a lot of those uh well i mean also that that factors in as well i mean again maybe i'll be talking about some of these games at some point somewhere uh sometime soon somewhere uh who knows who knows when and where and why i'm happy to give myself the win here nice. just go go ahead and uh <laughs> go ahead and check it out I mean, it's really hard because Konami's Konami is actually a very strange uh, video game company to try to, uh, to 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 try to like sketch the anatomy of their body of work is it's a little it's a little trickier than you'd think because uh, you've got you got your uh, your Silent Hill games right right kind of feels like a whole separate thing you know to be continued on yeah. that maybe maybe the real golden age of konami is going to be the years 2023 2024 and 2025 <laughs> oh yeah we, we got sure. the sweet code and remakes with those weird uh hand-drawn backgrounds and then uh unfiltered pixel art we've got that silent hill 2 remake that uh looks really expensive let's put a pin in silent hill talk for <laughs> that that week. is that is the word yes it yes. looks really expensive yes. it's Where really expensive <laughs> okay I, I won't be here for silent hill talk so uh Go play the uh, restoration PC patch, folks. You don't really need a remake. Just go play the real game. But then also play the remake, because why not? But for now, uh, what's it called? It's Silent Hill 2 HD? Hang on. Yeah, and yeah. Liz was saying go play it before they take it down, because... Silent Hill 2 colon enhanced edition. Mm-hmm. So so go, go, go get that. I think it uh, might use a Steam version or a just kind of around on the internet. Uh, it's on GOG. It's on good old games. Is it on GOG? Okay. Yeah. 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 This this patch is incredible. So a lot of people have asked me, uh, and somewhat recently, uh, if I've number one, if I've ever played Silent Hill two, uh, <laughs> n- number two, if I like <laughs> Silent Hill two, number three, what I think of Silent Hill two, uh, number four, if I'm ever going to review Silent Hill two, and the answer is yes, uh, yes, uh, I like it, and no. So thank you. <laughs> Uh, um, thank you well again we might have some other plans next week stay tuned for our halloween episode at the end of this month it's gonna get spooky uh here is our next topic it's a dirtbag question folks this is the oh, yeah. point in the episode where we go to patreon.com slash insert credit and get one of the questions submitted by our fine patrons who uh, get the opportunity to submit us questions whenever they like using a form they can only access there, uh, where they can also get monthly bonus episodes, other sweet treats and prizes. And this week's question comes from Spencer Gifts, who asks, what is the best non-interactive work of video game media? Non-interactive work of video game media. So that's like... Super Mario Bros. the movie. A soundtrack or a movie or... An article, right? Yeah. Like, I'm, like, yeah. I, I, I want to see like those cloth Ultima maps. Those are really nice. That's media, yeah. Yeah. I honestly think it could be the Super Mario Brothers theme song from the yeah. game Super Mario Brothers 1. If you just were to mm-hmm. p- put that on a on a, cas- a cas- single and sell it, it's pretty good. Uh, that's a I don't think good... it's possible to know if that song is as good divorced from context because it is the perfect song for Mario running and jumping. Yeah, it's difficult to philosophically extricate it from the game, yeah. Exactly, yeah, so... That, that's a rough, rough one to. I just got a hunch, though. I got a hunch. What can I say? 
Well, let's investigate an alternate universe where this happened. Imagine Django Reinhardt playing that, you know? Yeah, Just imagine yeah. that. I could. Just get your, your hot club to Paris playing that thing, you know? Just imagine that. Just try to try to picture it. Just a smoky room in the 1930s, 1920s Paris, you know? Just think about it. Could be good. I don't know. So I'm just going through like movies and TV. There ain't much. Um, I like Game Center CX a lot, but I, don't, I doubt that's like the best. But GCCX. A lot of people um, ask me if I've ever seen that show. No, they don't. Yeah, they no do. One's no, there's a, a very specific. I'm, I make a very specific reference to it in my Toki Making Memorial video that a lot of people took my very specific reference and ter- interpreted it as uh me making not a reference to it and thus asking me if i've ever seen the episode i was making a reference to unfortunate it's very difficult to explain without explaining the whole no, i get it video here's a here's a weird one this isn't media it's hardware but i'm gonna pose the taito x55 which was taito's uh karaoke game console oh uh, that that was the the birthplace of cleopatra fortune and a lot of other little weird little games and there are a lot of cool video games on there but you can't um interact with it anymore because it doesn't this is this is, this is, this is a cheat answer and no, i'm just throwing this out right now no well i just wanted to talk about it i guess yeah, <laughs> talk about it if you want some other time but this is not this is not an answer to this question no <laughs> it kind of is next you're gonna tell me that game boy sewing machine is the best uh non-game media yeah, you can you can use that you okay, can still fine. Use it, I will see if I don't. It's interactive. Right, best non non interactive uh, video game uh, media. Near soundtrack. Uh, sure. Um, I was great. thinking um, the Escapist, the website. Hmm. What? That's a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. No I'm, one I'm laughed, thinking, and I got really scared. Yeah, so I mean, was like, <laughs> is there something? Is this the kind of <laughs> Frankie? You were the first person to say Kotaku is actually good years ago, uh, when everyone was afraid to say it during that moment. That's true. Okay, so you thought, I was, I thought I was doing that again? Did escapists get really good while we weren't looking or something? You know what? Who would know? Yeah. <laughs> good question. Very good question. They did they still have that guy uh, who speaks really fast and British? They do on yeah. there. Uh, he's he speaks fast and and Australian. I think uh, he's 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 a British man who lives in Australia. Oh, actually, that's right. we that's don't need right. to talk too much about it. He's he's a Brit. He's uh, very British. I'm a bit of an accent uh, stickler, so yeah, I can sure. tell you. I can tell you he's a British man. He's an Englishman. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that guy anymore. So do we? <laughs> do we need to establish uh, uh, some more? Just start throwing out some examples of non-interactive video game media. For example, I have on my bookshelf behind me a very nice. A giant art book of uh, art uh, character yeah. designs and illustrations from throughout the Dragon Quest for the whole mm-hmm. Dragon Quest series. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a fun thing to have. Maybe it's the uh, the Philosoma art book that gets into the um, all the the lore of Philosoma, the PlayStation One failed mm-hmm. arcade game. I mean, failed shooting game. That's a uh, cool one. What about some of those Halo novelizations? Maybe one of them's real good. Oh, the one where they have the. <laughs> Do the Witcher books count uh, retroactively? Are the Witcher books no. now video game media? No. Okay. Uh, by that logic, Dante's Inferno would be video game. But like, media. yeah, yeah. See, that's exactly. You could in 2009 buy a copy of Dante's Inferno that 
that said like inspired the hit video game on the cover. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's, it's interesting that there's. Oh, no, we got to th- get that for the library. You should. <laughs> oh man, Phil, Phil is right next to me. He's in the the, the next office. I'm going to say this out loud, Phil. We need a copy of Dante's Inferno, the book that has the cover that says uh, inspired the video game Dante's Inferno. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you. That is a must-have. Yeah, gotta get it. Yeah, that's legit. Those Doom novels are pretty good. So uh, the answer, the answer is the time. chapter. No, it's not time because I have okay. the answer. The answer <laughs> is the chapter of the book Ready Player One that describes in excruciating detail uh, a first-person version of Capcom's Black Tiger for like sixty pages. <laughs> that might be it. Yeah, that I'm might sure be that's it. The one that's got to be it. There's some on some planets definition of the best. Yeah, that leads us quite nicely into my next question. Mm-hmm. Is there a video game that you think would have been more successful if it was released later without any additional work done to it? Oh, yeah. But what is it? <laughs> uh, okay, it, more successful was the question, yeah, yeah. right? Like, yes. like sold more copies. Uh, I think Earthbound was exactly the wrong time in the US, and it would oh, have yeah. done better earlier or later. So that is my answer. It's a good one. Yeah, like release it in like 2000 on the playstation or something. also the earthbound uh, the the strategy guide that came with the game earthbound is definitely one of the best non-interactive pieces of video game media mm-hmm. oh no but that is interactive because you scratch, scratch and, and sniff. sniff yeah eh, that doesn't that stretches uh, well that's uh, like saying reading is interactive right like come on i i honestly think reading a novel is as interactive as a video game and i will not clarify yeah uh uh, more interactive than lots, and not just lots of most video games. Reading a novel is interactive. Cause... Scratch, and, scratch and sniff is reading with your nose. Come on. Yeah, it's nose reading uh, is what they actually call it in the cocaine community. Here's a... <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a cocaine community? Oh, there there's is There's a one. gaming community. There's a... There's the cocaining community. You've seen American Psycho. Um, so <laughs> what I think was the question? <laughs> something that would be better if it would have been more successful if it released earlier was uh, released earlier? Later. Later. Oh, later. 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 Okay. No, Without later. any additional work done to it. I right, added okay. earlier or later to yeah. Earthbound because it yep, works. Okay. Because I found a good earlier Earthbound one. would have been a heck of a heck of a PS1 game. Yeah. I think. I mean, if Earthbound is definitely the answer. If Earthbound would have come out in like 2015. Uh, <laughs> it would have been. It, it uh, kind of did. I mean, it would have been <laughs> enormous. Yeah, I do think that like Lin- Linda Cube, if it had been released in English, if Linda Cube, had, yeah, uh, if Linda Cube were to come out like next month, yeah, uh, if Sony were to launch it uh, as a you know give it a marquee treatment, it would be pretty big. I think so. Game's incredible. You ever played Linda Cube? Yeah, I beat the I beat the heck out of that game, and let me tell you, absolute masterpiece yeah it's an interesting piece of piece of work they got can i talk quickly about why earthbound was exactly the wrong time it's- yes <laughs> yeah, let's, hear it, let's hear it so um i mean i do think it's the correct answer i would say so thank you uh and i'm talking specifically in the u.s obviously um yeah so i was interviewed for an earthbound documentary years ago um that is actually having its first uh screening later this month i'm gonna be there i'm kind of excited oh, wow um and they wanted to kind of know why it didn't work why it failed and and because i have all these magazines we we pulled out every review of earthbound that was published um and there were some trends in there the main one being the graphics look childish this looks 8-bit they often said 8-bit it looks old-fashioned um and you flip through the rest of the magazine and it's like oh man these guys are playing PlayStation games right now. Like they just got their PlayStations from Japan. Mm-hmm. They're living in this new 3D future. 
even Nintendo, when they brought this game to, uh, I think it was winter CES 95, like January 95, their last CES, uh, their, their demo stations were three Super FX games. It was like Star Fox 2, FX Fighter, and Comanche, none of which came out hilariously. Uh, and then like over in the corner was this weird sort of throwback RPG, Earthbound. And and it's just like everyone's looking forward to this 3D future at the exact moment that they decide to ship this game that's looking backwards. And I just think it's impossible that that game would have sold in that environment. And I think even just two years later, people would have would have caught on to it. I think that's true in general for a, a game, a lot of games of that era, because like you look at um, any game on the Genesis or Super Nintendo or any 2D game that in, just in general that came out in 1995 and they're like terrible graphics looks like crap and then you go back and look at it and it's like wow this is some virtuosic stuff that they were doing yeah. here at this time and and if you put it out like put it out on the on the Dreamcast 5 years later there would be at the very least like a strong like all the reviews would have been good there would have been a strong niche community for it um that's uh that probably would have done something for somebody mhm silhouette mirage put that out right now I think we've got the answer. Uh, so I'm going to ask this. What is the Aqua Teen Hunger Force of video games? I, I, I honestly, I've heard the phrase Aqua Teen Hunger Force several times in my life, and I don't know what that is. Oh, right. You were probably in Japan the entire time. It's it a show was. on the Cartoon yeah. Network that has... Excuse me, it's Adult Swim. Adult Swim. And it, it stars a milkshake and a wad of meat and a sentient french fry box so it's like a nonsense adult swim cartoon show it's for the nonsense adult swim cartoon the one i mean it's it's like non non sequiturs right how oh, i sort yeah. of describe the plot lines and conversations yeah i mean i don't think it's the nonsense one the actual nonsense one is is that one that had all the like weird native cultural appropriation stuff and the guy had like a snake yeah arm. but no that's the weird native cultural appropriation stuff one all right or what's that one uh, that's, uh, I think, uh, Xavier Renegade Angel. Correct. I think that one is. That's what it's called. Um, but anyway, Aqua Team Hunger Force also had that thing uh, where they ha- they put the, like, the Moon and Knights around, um, mm-hmm. like, pic- pictures of them around uh, town in... It was in Atlanta. Atlanta. And then... I and was then, there at the time. And then some news stories. I don't know if they were even being serious. We're like, this is probably a terrorist thing and we have to shut everything down because it could oh, that's be interesting and explosive and so i think because of that um it's like turok 2 where you where you were like, oh. gonna name your child or name your child to rock okay or, okay, or, okay or that shadow man one where they were like if you get your tombstone, tombstone yeah so um it's probably one of those that's something guess. but I'm, tr- I'm trying to get at the heart of what this sh- i haven't i saw a couple episodes when it was new but i, I kind of don't remember what they were going for honestly i just remember it being kind of nonsense and that was the humor of it they they were mean to each other and that was funny sometimes but also they had some they actually had some pretty interesting off the wall plot lines and they had one character that was serious which was the fry man um fry man oh that's right that's right of the three he was like the straight man and then yeah he was the the, straight man the meatwad or whatever was like the dumb kid the dumb guy and then um milk the the shake was the cool but rude he was the jerk he was cool but rude yeah 
Mm. And then I'm just trying to think, did it do anything interesting to subvert television shows? But I'm having a hard time. I feel like they did a lot. That's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not slamming the show. It's just, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm trying to find what the heart of it is to make a video game. I think it kind of codified like the weird adult swim show. That's good. Okay, we we can so um Yeah. So I I I've seen these characters before in in still images. I've seen probably like 3 or 4 seasons of this show. So uh but not since There then. were there were weird nonsense cartoons before this, right? Certainly. And sure. uh it's just So my immediate I mean it's not it's not immediate... like significantly different than Space Coast Coast to Coast. But this did reach a larger audience, I would say. My my immediate answer as a person who's not seen the show and not played this video game is uh that night in the woods game no which i've also seen images and i recognize the characters i get why you would do it but night in the woods is much more earnest in its approach and it's like trying to i'm not i'm not trying to say it has the same tone or approach i feel like it's uh you think it codified something i mean i've seen still images of like text boxes it had that kind of uh Tin whistle and ukulele soundtrack like dialogue, you know, or whatever it is, a very Portland looking video game, uh, or whatever that means. It wasn't the first game like that, but I feel like it it kind of really stepped into that role. Again, haven't played it. I don't know that it uh, f- occupies a similar space, um, and I think it was hmm. it de- it definitely was um, more ambitious in trying to do more. Whereas, well, video um, games are always am- more ambitious in trying to do more. Isn't that a defining characteristic of video games that they're always trying to do more stuff? Isn't that like a, I don't know, that's enough of that. I, but, I think uh, I think Aqua Teen, like as I'm remembering it more, I, I think its defining characteristic is um, LOL so random. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and I'm trying to think of a video game equivalent of that, and it's it's not really a scapegoat, but not a scapegoat. Sorry, a goat simulator, but but something like that yeah. right mm. Mm, yeah you're i think you're on the closer track here yeah, yeah i think it's it's like uh 2000s era memes is is what that show right. reacted to but also created so it would have to be something where like so i think goat simulator could be a good one because they did have some reaction to memes and things but also it became it's just like look at these glitches and stuff and so i i think it kind of Kind of occupies a similar. Oh, space, you know what perhaps. it might be? What's that? What? It might be uh, Alien Hominid, the uh, Newgrounds Flash version. I don't remember that the Newgrounds version had that kind of edge to it, though. I thought it was a little yeah. more Invader Zim-ish than Aqua Teen. I myself. agree. It was. It was. It was pretty grounded. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I was just thinking about how it kind of kickstarted that whole Newgrounds aesthetic. So wait, okay. is is this Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Uh, is it strictly speaking, like strictly a a, a comedy show? I yes. guess, yeah. It's like seventy five percent comedy and then twenty five percent like existential dread. There's a lot of there's a lot of like black hole kind of stuff in there where you you get like the characters feeling bad and weird, but also you can feel that the writers were feeling bad and weird, and and that comes across. I would say. It doesn't. It doesn't sound too different to me from something like SpongeBob, uh, which I didn't know anything at all about until somewhat recently. It doesn't sound meaningfully different. I think SpongeBob has a little more of an arc and a little more character, a little more structure. Yeah, I don't know about. I don't, I don't know about no character development, but uh, okay, I've I've not. seen a lot of it now. Trust me. Um, <laughs> it's got very structured episodes with a 
you know, very, very defined beginnings, middles, and ends. And, uh, but the, the thrust of it, the, the, the joy of it, if, if that were a word that I were qualified to use is, um, is that it's, it's just kind of flinging nonsense. I felt like the Aqua Teen Hunger Force thing more took up the mantle from like Beavis and Butthead, where they would have just a series yeah. of vignettes in an episode, and and some of them would be mm-hmm. funny, others wouldn't. And if they also had like a serious neighbor that they would harass, and and um, that's so right. It kind of gave me a similar vibe to that. Okay, but that doesn't. That's enough Aqua Teen Hunger Force okay. talk. <laughs> buzzer sound, buzzer sound. We're yeah. going on to the lightning round. All right, uh, let's do it. We're playing one of our favorite games here tonight on the Insert uh, Credit Show. Favorite. Uh, and uh, Tim asked me last week why I always bring back the favorites. It's always saying it's a yeah. Favorite. It's because Jaffe only plays the hits. Uh, That's why. We and go. we're playing game FAQ and A's. Here's mm-hmm. a little bit of explanation in case you haven't heard this game before. Every single video game on the website gamefaqs.com has its own dedicated message board. One of the categories in that message board is a Q&A section where you can post a simple question and the community can helpfully answer that question for you related to that game. Uh, when we play this game, I pilfer about 10 of the questions from that board and have us answer them in the uh, snappiest and not necessarily most helpful way that we possibly can muster within a lightning round aspiring pace. Uh, this week's game is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Here mm-hmm. are our questions that we will helpfully bestow the game FAQs community with. Let me, let me straight, straighten my tie here. Okay. All right. Question number one. How do I change my name? Oh, uh, there's, uh, I, I think, at least in my county, it's the same uh, office where you uh your wedding registry yeah um so in fact uh you do it at the same time if you want uh i've Mm -hmm. seen it done so um you know you might if you're not married you might as well get married while you're there um and then you can change your name uh to uh steven pokemon perfect answer just make sure you do it before you renew your passport oh yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, that's a huge asshole Uh, what are the best recoveries uh, drug addiction, typically, like it's yeah. rare, but um, when people truly recover uh, from uh, substance abuse addiction, um, it's it's worth celebrating. It's it's definitely no, it, among the best. No, you don't like you don't like that, Tim. You I think like I think that? it's cancer. I think it's cancer. Ooh, oh, that ooh, yeah, like that. yeah, because you opt into the drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't opt into the cancer. That is the All best. Right. That's a better recovery because you, you always you always fight cancer, you battle cancer, and you win. Yeah. Whereas with you know drugs i don't want to get into the dark side here though there's you know usually people who uh, who have cancer didn't uh, you know they don't always uh, they haven't like insulted their friends or humiliated their friends uh, prior to uh, undergoing treatment right so it's it's more of a, a of a crowd pleaser so well, if you want a good recovery everybody get cancer go yeah, for that, it that i like uh, i like when you hit up up to recover from a fall and ask 120 percent limited that's, that's another answer. good recovery. That's, another, that's good recovery. another good recovery on par with cancer, I'd say. Question yes. three. Who is the strongest fighter? Uh, God. <laughs> right? Can't, yeah, your arms are too short to box with him. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah, he does that thing where he just kind of, you know, holds his palm against your forehead. And yeah, you and you're swinging away and you can't yeah. get there. Yeah. <laughs> God. Right. Question four. Can I unlock spirits with amiibos? Uh, um, yeah. I mean, you could... <laughs> 
Like typically a lock on the liquor cabinet uses like a metal key, but I suppose okay. someone could rig up like an NFC reader where you have to put like Bowser as a groom up to it to, 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 to get in there. So here's here's the real answer though, is, is you've seen all of those summoning circles that they make for uh, for like a new Animal Crossing or whatever, or like mm-hmm. a, we, we, we need we need whatever Nintendo game to come to Switch and they, they yeah the, put, the witches come out and make it happen yeah. yeah they put all the all those amiibos in a in a fun little circle so yeah you can you can totally do it because uh, you wound up playing Animal Crossing on the Switch didn't you so Ghost did that. Must have been. How many hands are there? <laughs> Two, typically. Yeah, these. Uh, well, like in so world population. Let me uh, take a so look. So seven point seven five seven five three billion. So you know three point uh, what eight eight billion something like that. Did you just have the number of people to get the number of hands there are? <laughs> that doesn't sound right. You should double. Oh wait, it. sorry, double that, right? So you should uh, <laughs> should not listen to uh, that math that I just did. I mean, there there are actually two million five hundred ninety-eight thousand nine hundred and sixty hands uh, uh, in uh, poker. So, oh yeah, you know what? that's the right answer. And across How? America, there's there's uh, six hundred million, right? Because we got th- three hundred million people here, and uh, there's something like that. Something with hands across America. Anyway, somewhere around fifteen point five billion hands. Uh, How do I approach with Captain Falcon? Uh, you, you, what's the name of that car that he drives in um in F Zero? It's called the Big Blue Boy. Yeah, the Big Blue Boy. You get in the Big Blue Boy. That's how you approach. And then you just. But then he'll be like, "You took my car," and that's not going to go well. No, I, I, I interpreted with as as. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm Captain not Phelps, the same talking. word at all. Well, I mean, sure. it's, it's it's literally what they're asking, but uh, yeah. Anyway. They're asking. Uh, I'll how, take it. How do I approach with Captain Falcon? Like, what, what, what is your interpretation? Where, how, how do I approach with Captain Falcon? Becomes how do I approach Captain? Yeah, Falcon? I guess you're right. I guess, <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Next question. Where is Bayonetta? Oh my God. <laughs> At your local Switch dealer. That's right. Um, which mountain? She's eating an avocado. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All the points to Brandon. Thanks. Uh, Anyone know any good Sonic combos? Oh, man. I don't know anything about that. I mean, this is a perfect opportunity to do the restaurant thing, but I don't know nothing about it. Two chili dogs, dogs, uh, cheese fries, and a large root beer, I think, is the go-to. There you go. Thank you. I I think it's more of a, uh, well, Tots, uh, cherry limeade, diet cherry limeade specifically. And uh, all the sandwiches are trash, but just pick one. Sonic sucks. (laughs) <laughs> kind of nice. does, but uh, it's hard to ruin tater tots, and they have those. Tapey toppies, as I call them. Yeah, exactly. Tapey toppies. I, I yeah. literally call them tapey toppies. That's what I've been calling them. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> I actually have a song sung to the Juicy Fruit theme song. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's tapey top, be tube, be That's what I sing while I'm, while I'm making tater tots. And my little the dog. The tapey tape is going to tube ya. And now our audience could have that. A tapey, 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 toppy tube. Yeah. Uh, I actually sing. Ta- I, I sing Taylor Swift's "Shake It Off," but with tater tots. Oh, yeah. Tater tots. Yeah. Don't know about that. Yeah. Oh boy. Don't know about that one. I think it's tapey toppy tube tube. I'm actually serious, by the way. We 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 both have tater tots uh, songs based on other. Tapey top toppy tube tube. Yeah. Tapey top. Tapey 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 toppy tube. 
yeah. it's a really good song and uh I, I this is actually true by the way uh my girlfriend yeah. loves it <laughs> she loves the song my wife hates it she stands she really- <laughs> in the middle of the room and just applauds like with like de- deafening volume as i sing tapey toppy toopy tube you she gets really mad when I do that, like, breakdown part. Um, but my lyrics uh, are, uh, uh, my burger needs a crunchy side, and we're out of fries, so we'd better bake some tates. Uh, no. Yeah. She doesn't like tates. As, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's actually not so, it's not so I just go with the classic tater tots, tater tots, you tater 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 tots. You, did, you didn't have a song before now. You're copying. But I not sure. As not as good as tapey toppy toopy tube, yeah. No, no, it's not. You gotta admit that's pretty good. Like I just want to be part of this moment, okay? <laughs> Don't call me out like that. Uh, it, man, if I, if I used social media, I would like I would get on Twitter and I would I would make some sort of tweet that's like, you know, you grew up in Southern Kansas if you like eating tater tots on Sunday, right? Just to attract thousands of hate comments from. People who are like, uh, I'm from Oregon, and we like tater tots here as well. Uh, that's that's how you get popular on on the internet. Esper, I'm assuming you faded out the lightning round music when the tater tots conversation started, <laughs> so uh, fade it back in now. Uh, we're gonna do the last two. Uh, question nine: Is there a way to wake up faster? You just know that you have to get up. Hardest part of running is putting on your shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Period. Period. Uh, number two: I'm gonna tell you something. And it's taken me, it took me a while to learn this. Uh, I learned it around age 30. Water, ice cold water is better than coffee at waking you up if you do it right. I can attest okay. to that. Pour it, down, pour it down your pants. That'll wake you up. I mean, there, you, could do, you could do all that or you could have a uh, George Jetson uh, set up where the house automates getting you yeah. up, spring, springing you out of bed, putting you on the, the shower Here's line. here's my advice: Get yourself a dog that reacts to any kind of sound. <laughs> That'll, oh yeah. Wake you and up. final question: What does the EU mean? European Union. Yeah, it means yeah. European. Union. Yeah, that's the actual answer. Yeah. <laughs> but what does it really mean? It means Europe is united. When the United K can leave the United U, uh, Union and leave Ireland in the lurch. In between two worlds, and uh, yeah. So, what does it really mean in that in that context? Guess we'll find out later. Mm-hmm. Two Liz's later, we'll figure it out. Two Liz's later. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's the end of our show, everybody. Congratulations, you won. Thank you. Tapey toppy toopy tubia. Is there anything anybody would like to plug or recommend in this moment? Oh yeah, I got some of those. This isn't a recommendation, but I watched that. What's it called? Day shift movie? Because I'm I'm at an Airbnb that has Netflix, and so I watched oh the, the Jamie Fox one, the Jamie Fox one, and that's yeah. an interesting movie just for uh, it's a very '90s uh, dollar theater. It's very '90s dollar theater. It's not it's not very good, but it if with different editing, it could have been good. But like every every five minutes, there's a line that was clearly written for a trailer. Which is very strange, considering Netflix doesn't really have them a lot of the time, or they're not easily. I them on the social medias all the time, unfortunately. Uh, and and it's also like super blown out. So the fact that nobody can do film lighting anymore doesn't really matter because it's all like blasted. Yeah, the, the whole invention of the HDR digital sensor uh, really yeah. really disrupted uh, the nature of a 
uh, you know, cinematography. There's a lot of movies yeah. that look like they're made by people who have no idea what they're what they're doing. No offense to uh, some of those people. Indeed, uh, the, the color the, the color grading industry has a there's there's two ways you can go. You can make something that looks like those Avengers movies, all soupy and dark uh, and gritty. Uh, people think that's sophisticated, or uh, what I've seen of that day shift movie, very blown out, very, blown uh, out. very bloomy. Yeah. The the show Avenue Five on HBO on the new season just started airing last week. Oh yeah. And in the world of that show, there is a TV show based on the ship because right. it's it's about a spaceship that's stuck in space, and there's a TV show on Earth that's dramatizing it. And every time they cut over to show the the fake show within a show, it's like super super <laughs> HDR. That's and the great. colors are like really bright, and it's actually a very good cinematography yeah. joke. Yeah, and and so. it works in this day shift movie because it's set in Los Angeles, and so it mm-hmm. it actually gives you the '90s blown out feel. Except it, it's like we we can't have it ever be sunset because then the illusion will be uh, ruined. Anyway, it's not the day shift anymore. Yeah, that's not my that recommendation. Point. My recommendation is to watch Reservation Dogs, which I Ooh, yeah, which I didn't like for most of the first season, but I was just watching it because it's there. Um, I wanted to watch something. Yeah, and then but then. Then it started to get better and it started to be like it's a show that I don't think I don't want to put words into anybody's brain, but it didn't feel like it really knew what it was trying to be about. But once it started to really be about the different characters and not so much about one core, it wasn't as much about the core group, but as as but more about how each each individual character relates to their own lives and how that relates to the group it became a lot better and also once you got a little of the little more of the magic realism going on and uh so season two is pretty much very good all the way through so i i now unequivocally recommend reservation dogs it's it's got a it's got a neat vibe it's got a unique thing going on it's got a world that is um you feel like you learn something as well as just being entertained but you're not learning something because someone's trying to educate you you learn something because uh people that you may not know are just talking about their lives in in normal ways um mm-hmm. it's uh it's good so give give that one a look see is what i would say I, i've right seen up. some of that show and i gotta say the cinematography is not very blown out so yeah it's not uh, take, you know if you if you if you're wanting to watch something where uh the visuals are very blown out uh not that one <laughs> yeah because this one's taking place in uh in Oklahoma. Good old Oklahoma. Or something like that. Oklahoma's all right. Them's is my Rex. You got something, Frank? I don't. That's I fine. don't Shoot. like anything. You've been very busy trying to save video games. It's actually true. I've not, I've not, yeah, I've, I've, in the, since the last show I was on, I think I've absorbed like two episodes of Better Call Saul. That's. BCS. <laughs> I've already recommended that show, and I'm not done with it yet. I, I really want to watch that show. You want to hear a potentially contentious recommendation? Oh, no. Sure. What is it? It is uh, Play Control in German. Hmm. Why is that contentious? Uh, because uh, some because people... Brandon's whole thing is saying he doesn't like uh, the English show. <laughs> some people think the English dub is good, um, and I think the German dub is better. Uh, it's just... There, it's there's because certain... it's in a language you don't really understand, and you have trouble listening to. Uh, no, I listened to that. I listened to it also in Spanish, and I listened to it also in French, and and then in German. And it's this isn't true of all video games. It's just certain types where there's like supposed to be a certain level of emotiveness, and that emotiveness feels 
like a manufactured piece of communication toward me. It's 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 like the the emotion in the performance is trying to convince me that I should feel this way, but I'm just sitting mm. out here on my couch. Uh, you know, it's the it's the whole immersion problem, and I find the German one also matches the the architecture pretty well and just the general the, the architecture which is based on the uh, the federal building in uh, manhattan and in, uh, in new york yeah yeah i mean i'm just gonna say that i'm uh, of the mind that this is uh 200 percent a you problem <laughs> i said it would be contentious <laughs> this is something good i've had it in other games but i mean I, I, yeah i mean I, I saw nothing wrong with this one i didn't like and it I, and i like that the the main character is you know actually also like acted acted by the same person you know what i mean like she's motion captured and voice captured. yeah it just didn't do it for me that's her there was an assassin's creed game assassin's creed unity that i i played that one in french because it was made by people who speak french and it was set in france i was the guy who got upset that there was no ancient greek voice option for assassin's creed odyssey um Mm -hmm. but all in all you know as a great joke that's a pretty good joke I, I still I play a lot of the video games in English these days. I thought the Final Fantasy VII remake was better in English than in Japanese. I play most of them in English. Like uh, I, pl- I play Final Fantasy XV in English. Man, I, I played that in Japanese, but uh, I guess that's just me. It's to, it's to each their own. But uh, if you if you're like me and didn't didn't think that the English was for you, then probably German's the one. Yeah. I don't want to get into a whole thing here. There's there's really not that much of a. Well, that was why I brought it up. Yeah, there's 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 not that much of a story in there. Uh, there kind of is, but not uh, not super really. I mean, it, it'd be one thing if you said you like played Alan Wake in like f- like finish, uh, like finish or French finish? or whatever. I mean, it, I, not that I know of. I mean, I played Alan Wake in English because it's pretty good, and uh, that weird hammy schlocky writing is like it's very much. I, I mean, I mean, this is a whole thing, really. It's getting into like. Like like if you played Max Payne in Italian or whatever, that would just be weird. That would be that would be actual weirdo behavior. If you're playing Max Payne, unless you're Italian, well, no, even then, I don't know. Okay, uh, I mean, I'm as as an American person, I love to watch a good Italian movie in Italian. You know, oh, is that uh, you as well? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's pretty good. But uh, I can I can I I like to imagine a cultured Italian person who is cool with with playing this video game that is a. Uh, a, a, a hyper self-aware the pastiche of of noir uh neo noir tropes uh very specifically a Finnish man very specifically channeling this this very American art you know it's like saying I it's like saying you like the good the bad and the ugly but you would rather you would rather watch the Italian dubbed version because the director was Italian does that make sense? Yeah, except I mean it's different here because it's not like the director is the 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 makers are German. Like there's there's no direct correlation. So yeah, I, well, well, I mean, what I'm I'm talking about Max Payne at this point. I'm oh, yeah, saying okay. that's like 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 I'm saying that if you were saying you played Max Payne in another language, Got that it. would be weird because I think the English language is like correct for that game. If you're a person who can't read and you you need to play it in German or whatever, you know, knock yourself out. Anyway. My recommendation for the week is that interview with the Vampire Show is good, dude. Huh. That is so good. I would recommend anybody who likes good stuff watch it. Not talking about vampires or the books or, you know, whatever, but that show is good, man. That's what I would recommend. However, I would not recommend the streaming service AMC+, 
which has glitchy sound and horrible video quality. I, I lit up a one-week trial of it and uh, quickly canceled it. Dang. Um, so you might have to torrent and steal the show. This this show is apparently so good that their servers are completely just racked. All it takes is one good show, I guess, to make a streaming service now. Because the idea is you sign up for a free trial. And then you go... Because I signed up for the free trial mid-season. Because there were already four episodes out. And then the idea is that you're just going to stay... You're just going to let it go for a month. You'll you'll give them 8.99 for a month, right, to watch the rest of the season, but it's so low quality. The video quality was like full of artifacts and stopping to buffer. Just absolutely inexcusable uh, video quality on my Apple TV over here. So, uh show is is amazing, uh but the streaming service has got to get their stuff together. And I know we have somebody from Paramount Plus uh uh listening to this show every week that's true uh, can you just put a god darn i recommend that if you're an employee of paramount plus with the ability to change a couple of things can you make a can you put a skip intro on star trek the next generation love that song but i wouldn't mind a skip intro i got a tab like six times on my apple tv remote and then sometimes i overshoot it and i have to tab it back and it always buffers when you tab back i would like i would love a skip intro tim you know if they put that in there's gonna be thousands of people being how dare they put a skip intro in star trek the next generation doesn't matter yeah right. i i want it i just i I, it's a good song uh chill tune you ever listen to that one in your car brandon uh that's i don't know where that comes from i have i didn't either you ever you ever crank it and just drive down the street just roll the windows just pretend i'm in the enterprise i want to say something kind of weird about that intro which is um so uh pluto is a service with like free channels that are ad supported Uh that just stream stuff all day and there is a star trek channel it's just called star trek but i don't believe they play anything but the next generation which is uh correct that's what you do that rules deep space nine also is good though dsn but it's arguably not star trek which is what makes it good no opening credits maybe when they're streaming the next generation on this channel seem to be a rough draft of the hd restoration Oh, um, rules. Because the like the way the stars like scroll make no sense and and uh sometimes they start like shaking around and doing weird stuff like they're not that, done yet. Or that completely um, owns. So if you want to go see a rough draft of the HD restoration of the intro of Star Trek the Next Generation, Pluto plays it once an hour. God, That's that good recommendation. Man, That's it's right. so weird to watch the Enterprise just like fly in one direction, then come back flying uh, again from a different direction. What's it doing, uh, dur- right? Come on. D- during that intro, it's like the the camera just stays in one spot in space, and the Enterprise just flies like like it's doing like some kind of a uh like interstellar warp speed figure eight maneuver, and then it just comes slowly floating from the bottom of the screen. It's it's uh I've watched the whole intro, being like I don't want to skip this. Uh, because I'm eating my lunch. It's my lunchtime show, you know? And the, the pre-credit scenes are always of, of slightly variable length, which is obnoxious. They have a skip intro for Star Trek Discovery, and sometimes the credits for Star Trek Discovery don't come in until like eight minutes into the show or 13 minutes in, which is like, come on, just put it up front. Do it HBO style. Let's put the credits up front, man. I have some recommendations, if you might be so kind to allow me to space to give them. Yeah, go for it. I would like to recommend that if you're listening to this show on some kind of format where you can subscribe to or review podcasts, that you do that for us. It always brightens my day to see a new one up there, and it helps us with the analytics and whatnot. Helps more people discover the show. 
You could also support us directly by going to patreon.com slash insert credit, where you could become a patron to submit your own topics, listen to monthly bonus episodes, and get other exclusive content. Uh, you could also join our community at forums.insertcredit.com. Follow us on Twitter at insert credit or search for insert credit on YouTube. Please wishlist Hyper Gunsport on Steam in order to allow the existence of the inferior regular Gunsport within that game. Yeah. And uh, go ahead and wishlist Demon School 2 while you're at it. Uh, please support Frank Cifaldi's further attempts to save video games with your tax-deductible donation to the Video Game History Foundation. Give me $28,000. I need this Napoleon game. Yeah, or <laughs> just a thousand of you give us $28. That would be nice as well. I want to add something really sad, really sad yeah. about the Napoleon game that I forgot. Wait, wait I forgot this. This is the saddest okay. part. So uh, it's a board and it, and it has those layout files and stuff. I mentioned them, uh, the actual things you send to NCL. As far as I know, that is the only surviving uh, NES uh, packaging layout, period. Wow. Oh, that's incredulous. And so like released game or otherwise, because they never sent it. So uh, that could be it, Charlie. S- sounds like persons uh, prospectively desiring a tax uh, deduction, uh, uh, t- making a saving a little bit, uh, pinching some pennies from the tax man. Uh, better not take a nap on this, O Leon. <laughs> I'm talking to you, David Zaslav. Uh, <laughs> this show is edited by Esper Quinn, <laughs> with original music by Kurt Feldman. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And tell them Bitcoin Billy sent you. Good old Bitcoin Billy <laughs> sleeping under his X Men cabinet. I don't need a bed. I got Bitcoin. I got Bitcoin billions. I'm Bitcoin Billy billions. I think like player three wasn't working yeah. right or something on his cabinet, and he opened it up and he tried to fix it, and then he broke everything, and then it was just never working again. Did that he get mad weird. and go ah like Colossus's special attack when he broke it? <laughs>